Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm giggling a little bit because I totally know it's been a pretty long hiatus in between the last episode and this one. But hello again. <laughs> and if you've been waiting, <laughs> here it is finally. Um, so the last episode, uh, we'd only just finished the Q&A and the introduction um, of the reading of uh, TKV Desikachar's The Heart of Yoga book. And we sort of left it there. Um, so personally, a lot has happened uh, within the last um, however many months it's been it's been left off. I'm really sorry about that. Um, but here we are again. And I thought, what better time to sort of restart this um, little book club podcast reading, whatever you, you see it and use it for, then the second lockdown. Um, it's also something nice about maybe, I don't know, like vocally documenting these times um, that's happening around us at the moment, just as a nice little snapshot of uh, the state of, of, you know, of the life that we've lived um at this present moment, um, so actually, so we we finally got to the first chapter. <laughs> but sometimes maybe books just go this way, right? You pick one up, put one down for six months, <laughs> and we come back to it. So here we are, and this is a nice little short chapter that I've personally been revisiting as well. So for me, it's it's actually very very lovely to read this out I find um, sometimes when I read it out and maybe for you when you listen to it um, you kind of take it in a different way than if you were just reading it um, so for me it's just lovely even though I've, I've read this book before you know when you go back to a book that um, means a lot to you you just keep taking um, loads of different um, gems from it much like you know yoga practice or, or really anything that we do day to day um, you really can learn um, and enjoy different parts of life um, eh, from from just repeating them. Okay, so let's get let's get into it. I hope your days are going well. Maybe you're cooking or snuggled down, or maybe taking a bath, or maybe having a jog. Um, but yeah, let's dive in. So the first chapter. Uh, in this book is yoga concept and meaning and it's again like I said quite nice and short but um, full of amazing little gems so here we go to begin I should like to share some thoughts that might help us understand the many different meanings of the word yoga yoga is one of the six fundamental systems of Indian thought collectively known as darshana the other five darshana are Nyaya, Vaishishika, Samkhya, Mimamsa, and Vedanta. The word darshana is derived from the Sanskrit root dush, DRS, which translates as to see. Darshana therefore means sight, view, point of view, or even a certain way of seeing. But beyond these lie another meaning. And to understand this one to understand this one, we must conjure an image of a mirror with which we can look inside ourselves. And in fact all the great texts introduce us to ways of seeing 
that creative opportunities for us to recognize ourselves better. We look deeper inside ourselves as we come to terms with the teachings. As one of the six darshanas, yoga has its origins in the Vedas, the oldest record of Indian culture. It was systemized as a special darshana by the great Indian sage Patanjali in the Yoga Sutra. Although this work was followed by many other important texts of yoga, Patanjali's Yoga Sutra is certainly the most significant. Many different interpretations of the word yoga have been handed down over the centuries. One of these is to come together or to unite. Another meaning of the word yoga is to tie the strands of the mind together. These two definitions may at first glance seem very different, but really they are speaking about the same thing. So while coming together gives us a physical interpretation of the word yoga, an example of tying the strands of the mind together is the directing of our thoughts toward the yoga session before we take on an actual practice. One, once those mental strands come together to form an intention, we are ready to begin the physical work. I don't know how many of you find this um, to be true. You know, quite often um, at the start of my own practice or um, even when I'm teaching, your, your mind is just so busy um, and it can kind of feel like your physical body and your mind can be in quite different places. So physically, like you are standing on the mat and you are ready indeed for your yoga practice. Honestly, though, and I'm sure everyone can relate to this, your mind will be like a thousand miles away, thinking still maybe about your day or, you know, having um, just any anything really like stresses from the day or stuff that's on your mind and things that are weighing you down in your heart. Maybe something, something joyous too, like positive things, but it's just, um, it's nice sometimes to take that time to before you even just dive into the next um, physical activity you're about to do, to just let your mind sort of catch up with yourself and bring it to being exactly where your physical body is, which is perhaps still for a second um, on your mat. And I don't know if you find this helpful, um, but personally, definitely, if you just close your eyes before you start your yoga practice and sort of stand there and just breathe, I definitely feel when you open them your headspace is in a totally different and more calm um, arena to be able to really dedicate your mind's focus to your to your practice even and even if that lasts for just five minutes you know it's it's such a nice feeling um, so let's continue on uh, a further meaning of the word yoga is to attain what was previously unattainable the starting point for this thought is that there's something that we are today unable to do. When we find the means for bringing that desire into action, that step is yoga. In fact, every change is yoga. For example, when we find a way to bend the body forward and touch our toes, or learn the meaning of the word yoga with the help of a text, or gain more understanding of ourselves or others through a discussion, we have reached a point where we have never been before. Each of these movements and changes is yoga. 
I love this in, in um, my, my book here. It's like highlighted so, so much because definitely, you know, yoga is so much more um, than a physical practice. It really embodies, well, everything and in how we live and in the change, which is inevitable that we go through as we age, as we have different experiences, as we interact with different people or the world around us. It is so, um, it is so much more all-encompassing than just uh, staying on your mat and, and moving physically. Um, and I love the way that this is put in this paragraph. Every change is yoga. It's uh, brilliant. Another aspect of yoga has to do with our actions. Yoga, therefore, also means acting in such a way that all of our attention is directed toward the activity in which we are currently engaged. And so I guess this is uh, being focused. Suppose, for example, that while I'm writing, one part of my mind is thinking about what I want to say, while another part is thinking about something entirely different. The more I am focused on my writing, the greater my attentiveness to my action in this moment. The exact opposite might also occur. I might begin writing with great attention, but as I continue to write, my attention begins to waver. I might begin to think about the plans I have for the day tomorrow or what is cooking for dinner. It then appears as if I am acting with attentiveness, but really I am paying little attention to the task at hand. I am functioning, but I am not present. Yoga attempts to create a state in which we are always present, really present in every action, in every moment. So I know many of us will definitely relate to this um, and even if it's not in your yoga practice, if it's just doing something else, you know, we live again in this age where um, busyness and uh, having lots to do, having loads of plates to spin seem to be um, celebrated somewhat. And in a way, like, that's also great. That should not be shunned because it's it's, it's, it feels um, engaging and lively to be able to do that. But we should also definitely learn to celebrate the opposite times or the times in between you know where maybe you put down those plates and that should equally be celebrated um, and in these moments of you know not high um, velocity plate spinning you know in the times in between when we can put the plates down can we can we be present in sort of every moment? And this is easier to say um, than do, obviously. And we all know this, you know, even sometimes uh, hands up, like taking a bath, I can find it really difficult <laughs> to just lie there and indeed enjoy the bath for exactly what it is without my mind trying to scramble to find something to do in the bath um, or maybe try and watch a movie in the bath, although that is also fine. Um, but what I'm saying is sometimes it can be quite tricky to just concentrate and enjoy just one thing at a time. Um, how many of you also find this? It's quite interesting when we start to notice uh, that this happens. 
and then try and practice it for example cooking or just 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 cooking you know without um, anything else going on enjoying chopping the vegetables enjoying doing the yoga while being really totally present um and and uh, yeah in in all our tasks it's it's quite it's quite interesting once you start to observe that um it's it's really difficult it's really difficult the advantage of attentiveness is that we perform each task better and at the same time are conscious of our actions the possibility of making mistakes becomes correspondingly smaller the more our attention develops when we are attentive to our actions we are not prisoners to our habits. We do not need to do something today simply because we did it yesterday. Instead, there is the possibility of considering our actions fresh and so avoiding thoughtless repetition. Another classic definition of yoga is to be one with the divine. It does not matter what name we use for the divine, God, Allah, Ishvara or whatever. Anything that brings us closer to understanding that there is a power higher and greater than ourselves is yoga. When we feel in harmony with that higher power, that too is yoga. And so for those that um, aren't religiously inclined, you know, or perhaps don't believe in any higher power, um, it's quite, uh, I don't know if you... I think we all still feel something um, which is other or else. And that doesn't mean that it's um, excluded from us, rather the opposite, but definitely something included within all of us that we are all connected to. And one really great um, example is community. And in this community is this interesting feeling of a higher power um, and again, again not to say it's something like out of bounds or exclusive but really something deep inside us that connects us all um, and I don't know if you guys feel it too but during lockdown especially that feeling of community has definitely been brought to the forefront and actually perhaps all of us are realizing that we are really all connected in this way and how important that connection was that maybe we previously didn't put so much importance on or maybe we just didn't think about it. Um, but in this time, you know, it's quite an interesting time where I think a lot of people that, that at least I've spoken to um, has started to really appreciate the small things of what this um, really strong uh bond between everyone is and how important that is you know to our souls and our feelings and um, our place and our being connected as human beings and how positive that is. So we see that there are many possible ways of understanding the meaning of the word yoga. Yoga has its roots in Indian thought but its content is universal because it is about the means by which we can make the changes we desire in our lives. The actual practice of yoga takes each person in a different direction. It is not necessary to substitute any particular ideas of God in order to follow the yoga path. The practice of yoga only requires us 
to act and be attentive to our actions. Each of us is required to pay careful attention to the direction we are taking so that we know where we are going and how we are going to get there. This careful observation will enable us to discover something new. And whether this discovery leads to a better understanding of God, to greater contentment, or to a new goal, is completely a personal matter. When we begin discussing asanas, the physical exercises of yoga, we shall see how the various ideas implicit in the meaning of the word yoga and can be incorporated into our practice. Where and how does the practice of yoga begin? Should we always begin on the physical level? And this is a great, great question, because uh, many of us, uh, many of us do, you know, in this time and age, and how we got introduced to yoga is indeed through the physical. I certainly was, I just wanted to be a, a little bit more flexible, or to be honest, to just have something to do. It wasn't a very deep decision, <laughs> but it evolved um, and it became that way, uh, you know, later on it became deeper the, the longer I practiced it, but definitely in the beginning, I was like, maybe, you know, I just need, I just need a new hobby. So I think a lot of us actually start uh, with the physical, um, with the physical goal, whether that's um, yoga was going to help you get more flexible or um, actually maybe for mindfulness, a lot of people are coming to it um, to indeed um, become more in tune with their thoughts or to find a way to de-stress or relax. And we all nearly always start with the physical practice. Let's see what the book says. I would say that where we begin depends on our personal interests. There are many ways of practicing yoga and gradually the interest in one path will lead to another. So it could be that we begin by studying the Yoga Sutra or by meditating. Or we may instead begin with practicing asanas and so start to understand yoga through the experience of the body. We can also begin with pranayama, feeling the breath as the movement of our inner being. There are no prescriptions regarding where and how our practice should begin. 100%. I totally agree with this. <laughs> um, I think... A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yoga is so, so personal. Um, I think sometimes people as well who are very uh, involved and for them it's really work to start with the physical side of yoga um, tend, tend to, and because it's so positive for them and it's amazing, tend to kind of accidentally push that a little bit too much when actually really every individual is individual and so it's the same like what you fancy one person fancies and what uh, like fancies um, eating in the morning and what's good for them is really totally different to what your friend might uh, feel is good for them and this is the same for all the mind stuff for all the body stuff everyone is so individual depending on our brains, our souls, our lives, um, our backgrounds, everything, how we process information, how we relax, how we get stressed, 
how everything in the world affects us, how we interact with the world. So it is so, so, so varied. Books or yoga classes often give the impression that there are prerequisites for the study of yoga. We may be told that we should not smoke, or that we should be vegetarian, or that we should give away all our worldly goods. Such ways of behaving are admirable only if they originate within us. And they may as a result of yoga, but not if they are imposed from outside. For instance, many people who smoke give up the habit once they begin a yoga practice. As a result of their practice, they no longer want to smoke. They do not give up smoking in order to practice yoga. We begin where we are and how we are. And whatever happens, happens. I absolutely love that line and it actually chokes me up a little bit. (laughs) We begin where we are and how we are. And whatever happens, happens. And I think why it kind of hits me quite deep inside is because... This sentence has so much compassion built into it. Um, And compassion is definitely something that we can all have more of for a community around us, for ourselves, for the world. Um, And I just love that line of also this acceptance, um, you know, again, personally for the way things are, this acceptance of whatever is, is, and to accept this slow blooming of change that might happen. When we begin studying yoga, whether by way of asanas, pranayama, meditation, or studying the yoga sutra, the way in which we learn is the same. The more we progress, the more we become aware of the holistic nature of our being, Realizing that we are made of body, breath, mind, and more. Many people who start studying yoga by practicing asanas continue to learn more poses until the only meaning of yoga for them lies in physical exercise. We can liken this to a man who strengthens only one arm and lets the other one become weak. Similarly, there are people who intellectualize the idea of yoga. They write wonderful books and speak brilliantly about complicated ideas such as Prakriti and Atman. But when they are writing or speaking, they cannot sit erect for even a few minutes. So let us not forget, we can begin practicing yoga from any starting point. But if we are to be complete human beings, we must incorporate all aspects of ourselves and do so step by step. In the Yoga Sutra, Patanjali emphasizes all aspects of human life, including our relationships with others, our behavior, our health, our breathing, and our meditation path. And that is the end of this chapter. It was quite short. It was only um, three pages long. Um, And I hope you enjoyed that. Again, even though it was so short, like I, I I just think it it has, it's, it's so, there's so much compassion and comfort in um, this explanation 
of yoga and its practices and yeah I hope you got a lot out of that I definitely personally do and did when I first read it um, and again this compassion and this um, notion of being connected uh, is, is something so uh, oh, heartwarming it kind of feeds this really positive thankful nature um deep inside uh yeah i'd be interested if you kind of feel the same maybe if any of these words sort of gave you a sense of relief at that you know you you can have compassion towards yourself if you're sort of um struggling with uh, any any aspect of the yoga practice or just in life um that i guess we can take away and remember that whatever whatever's happening now it is all okay that it's like that and we begin where we are and how we are and whatever happens happens and there is no pressure um, there is no prerequisites there is no expectation either of how this whole journey of you know life and yoga mainly life and everything that encompasses it is supposed to go um so yeah i'm going to end it there have a lovely sunday if you found this helpful um feel free to share it with anyone that you think this might be helpful for um thanks for listening and again i'm so sorry it's taken so so many months <laughs> to start chapter one <laughs> But hey ho, it's 2020. Here's how it goes. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. <laughs> but um, yeah, I hope uh, I hope to get to chapter two. Definitely not in six months' time. I'm going to I'm going to hopefully um, read this next weekend. Uh, and chapter two is a bit longer, but it's uh, about the foundations of yoga practice. Um, and again, it's going to be as um, well like rounded and compassionate and it's just a very interesting interesting listen so um yes thanks again for tuning in um have lovely lovely weeks and i'll see you again next week thank you so much all right goodbye